Let's go, Big Shot. Come on, Jaws. Bite me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If the place you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. And I have to ask it: Is the shark just named Jaws? Does the shark have a name? Is it a different shark in every single movie? We watched every single Jaws movie because we're getting ready for the Meg, and I think we're just trying to hit every single shark movie ever made. And uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one, I think we can all kind of agree, I don't mean to speak for you here, but it's kind of easy here, first one's a classic, second one is uh, not so good, and the third one, awful, fourth one, awful. So, can we just agree at the top now, Deep Blue Sea is the best Jaws sequel? Yes. Okay, good. I just wanted that out in the open. And by the way, it saddens me deeply, a four-shark movie episode, and neither Alex... I don't know how it happened. I'm sorry. I wish you both the best in your future endeavors. Neither Alex nor Alex. There is nary an Alex on this podcast. I don't know what we're doing here. we got to get our lives together. Uh, speaking of getting our lives together, Parker, do we have any news? Uh, nah. Oh, well, right. I just looked at how many movies we have to talk about. I don't <laughs> want to talk about Supergirl. I'm good. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot Spoilers. that one. <laughs> that movie's coming in your future. Oh, uh, what about Dave Batista uh, sticking up for James Gunn there to an extent? I really enjoy Dave Batista having fuck you money to throw around. Yeah, uh, it's good. I, I think he's standing up, although it is kind of one of the things. I think Alex and I both said a while ago, although he was being facetious, he just doesn't want to see another Guardians movie, uh, that he really wants them to stand up and say, no, I'm just not going to make the movie. Uh, but, you know, contract situations, he'll probably have to go to court and lose all of his fuck you money. He doesn't want to do that. Uh, now, the big question Look, here is... Uh, he was on top of WWE for years. He can do conventions for the rest of his life. He's good. He's going to end up like Mickey Rourke in that one Darren Aronofsky movie. And then, like... Black you know, Swan. The, yeah. Anyway. At the time, Mickey Rourke was at WrestleMania and thought Chris Jericho was going to shoot fight him. Because oh. this guy does. <laughs> he brought bodyguards to WrestleMania. <laughs> Wrestling is cool as hell. Uh, I've been watching so much old school uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love that guy. Now, I gotta ask you, Parker, Chris Pratt, do you think he's secretly a Trump guy? I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna say all super religious people are Trump guys, but probably. I, it, that's the thing, is Batista's like, yeah, man, you've got a lot of star power. You can just say, no, fuck you, I'm not gonna make it. And, you know, we all band together, it could be a big thing. We could maybe change hearts and minds over here. And he said he had to pray on it. Oh, uh, this is. Can you imagine? Imagine your God, for example. Huh. It's kind of nice being God, isn't it? Yeah, anyway. And, and hey, Chris Pratt fucking praise you. It's like, what should I do about this Disney situation? James Gunn tweeted, like, God is working on bigger things right now. 
Should I make this space movie with the talking <laughs> raccoon and tree? <laughs> or should I stick up for my friend? Oh, holy lord. Me, oh, lord. You can workshop this around up at the pearly gates. Ask St. Peter what he thinks about Gamora. Will she be alive in this one? Or, like, I, I'm not uh, I'm not convinced that Chris Pratt's got to appear on this. He's hey, just... look, everything's panned out. James Gunn's coming back. But unfortunately, Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> nah, things aren't looking so hot. Oh, well. Okay, I guess no news then. So we'll get into what we've recently watched. Parker, I will let you go first. Oh, buddy. That was poor timing. I went to pick up a drink. <laughs> okay. So we finished recording last Monday. Go to work Tuesday, come home, and what do I do, Chris? Watch I search show. YouTube for a movie called Yeti, Curse of the Snow Demon. <laughs> Squatch Watch 18 continues strong the day after recording. Oh, man. Okay. Now, this is a one-star movie with a five-star tagline. Yes. It kills in cold blood. <laughs> fucking A plus everyone. Uh, I am so into it. You, you're watching a cold movie on a hot day. I I, re- exactly. I respect that move. Hey, beat the heat, post yeah. the feet. That's what we always say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this stars a bunch of college question mark kids on a plane. A lot of them are on a football team. The quarterback's name is Peyton Elway. So <laughs> <laughs> good movie, and they're heading to like Japan or some shit. And then their plane crashes in the Alps. And then there's a Yeti. And the Yeti costume is... It is incredible. Like, not only is it cheap and looks horrendous, but it's very clear that it's incredibly difficult to walk in it in the snow. Oh, no. So he's just lumbering around the entire time. And there's some CGI in it. Some uh, late 2000s sci-fi channel CGI. It is... It is chef's kiss and a half. Like, the plane crashes, and like three hours later, they're already talking about eating each other. And that becomes <laughs> the rest of the movie. That <laughs> Like, the movie's really boring, because of course it is, until it gets to the part where they're getting chased by the Yeti. So a guy throws a snowball at it, and then the Yeti rips his heart out. This seems like... How did you find out about this? Where did you, where'd you learn about this? Uh, apparently my other half had seen it as a kid, and it scared her to death. What? And we found it, and I teased her for it for the rest of the week. Good. She deserves that. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's, that's amazing. And also, there's most definitely a line that I wrote down word for word. where So they shoot him. Like, they just straight up shoot the Yeti with a handgun. And of course it doesn't kill him. And uh, the black guy, who I later found out was the red SPD Power Ranger, so shout out to his career, says, guys, this isn't territorial. This is about revenge. A plus movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we've watched too many revenge movies. <laughs> Haven't we? <laughs> yes, the Bigfoot rape revenge movie. Apparently. <laughs> so... I know you have some kaiju movies to talk about, but uh, I did not go in order. I decided, you know what? It was my birthday. It was my most specialist of days, so I'm going to watch a very special kaiju movie. So I watched Destroy All Monsters. My god, that movie is a spectacle to behold. So many costumes falling apart. (laughs) 
So many animal screeches. So many puppet strings. I loved it. It was such a wonderful experience. So, uh, do you think that the WWE and Kaiju movies have, like, a little something in common? Look, I'm not gonna tell you that there was a pro wrestling fed where people wrestled in kaiju outfits, but I'm definitely gonna sign you kaiju big battle episodes, and you're gonna tell me how it goes. Great! (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, I watched this on my birthday, and uh, I was playing the Madden 19 trial, and these last couple weeks have not been great for me. It's been a very stressful time in my life. Oh, goodness. My mom drove down to visit. That was a very nice surprise. Things were looking up. Now I'm sitting here. I've got, I've got Destroy All Monsters playing on my laptop. I'm playing the Madden 19 trial. And I hit this 60-yard touchdown to Randy Moss. And then I look down, and Godzilla's stomping on one of King Ghidorah's heads. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Then maybe things are going to be okay. You know, stay positive Darkest before dawn, you know? So I watched a movie called Agire, The Wrath of God. Yes! What'd you think, pal? Okay, I'm not gonna fuck with you. It was very good, but I should not have watched it on my laptop. That is not the way to watch that movie. Unfortunately, that's the way I also watched it. Did you watch it in English or German? Because they have an English version out there somewhere. I watched it in English because that's the version I found. Wow, lucky you. I only found the German version. I would very much love to see this on a big screen and just immerse myself in these people slowly going crazy. Mm-hmm. I think since I wasn't giving my full attention, I'd look down, I'd look up, look down, like, huh, this fat guy seems a little meaner. It's, it's a pretty unique movie, I'd have to say. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like, what if uh, the the two guys from Road to El Dorado never made it there? <laughs> <laughs> a much bleaker vision. <laughs> That movie, it's one of those ones where I have this theory that the more you read about a movie being a nightmare to make, like, like I'd say a good, like, 66% of the time, it turns out being good as hell. Like, think about Evil Dead was a nightmare to make. Akira was hell on earth to make. Uh, often, you know, all that stress can uh, make a really, really good product. Other times it makes, like, really, really shitty movies, so... You know. I hope those horses are okay. Yeah. I don't appreciate them pushing that horse in the water. Oh, man, it's a real shame that your next movie is going to be uh, uh, The NeverEnding Story. <sighs> you know, <laughs> God fucking damn it. So, I watched a kaiju movie with the Ready Player One of kaiju where every single Toho monster came together into one giant birthday party. <laughs> I watched Akira. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch a movie called 1963 called Blood Feast. (laughs) So here's the thing. I'll tell you why. Okay, so first of all, it's not good. The director will tell you it's not good. It was made solely just to fucking crank out money at drive-ins. That's what it did. It was one of the first movies just to really gore it up. Like, 1963, you weren't seeing a lot of really visceral people get their tongues ripped out kind of movies right i watched it because it was part of a marathon called the last drive-in that happened last friday the 13th hosted by one joe bob briggs of monster vision fame and my god do i wish that was a weekly show again like it's i love it so much like the presentation was incredible you got this horror host that has all this insight personality all these personal stories about the making of the movie that makes watching the movie more entertaining. 
why the fuck are we not doing this as a society? Why do we not have, like, hosts introducing movies that care about said movies? Why is it so hard? I kind of do miss that sort of hosting culture that we had for a while. There was something where Bruce Campbell would host a, a little movie marathon. I remember Elvira, obviously the Crypt Keeper. We could bring that back. And I, I caution you, though. Think about, like, the kind of personalities that we have these days and what's considered popular. Think about that awful guy from HQ Trivia. Hell, think about uh, who's the guy who just got Me Too'd and just got reinstated. <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Yeah, Chris Hardwick. You know that he would be some sort of host for the fucking Walking Dead Marathon or something like that. Or some sort of zombie movie. It'd, it'd be awful. Right, so we gotta we gotta be careful. We gotta pick and choose. They they gotta really earn their stripes, you know. Look, I'm not saying I want to watch Chris Duckman introduce horror movies, <laughs> but I'm saying Rob Zombie would do it for free, and I would absolutely watch that. Oh, I'd be into that. Or hell, I would I'd be fine with James Rolfe just introducing monster movies. It's look, we all know that's what he really wants to be doing. He doesn't give a shit about video games. We all know it. Just let the man talk about monster movies. <laughs> Everyone is better off for it. I felt so bad on the episode where he talked about Godzilla uh, video games. He said, growing up as a kid in the 80s, it was not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To watch the movies, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) You know me, big time gamer. (laughs) Poor guy. Stuck doing that character forever. Oh, well. So tonight, I watched Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, the original one. That movie's real good. Huh. I mean, if you're grading on the sliding kaiju scale, it is very good. That, that is quite a scale, uh, but uh, it's important to grade on that one. Yeah, I mean, you, you always have to know what you're in for. Yeah. Like, other than the original Godzilla and the original King Kong, like, come on. Let's not shit a shitter here. We know what we're getting into. Exactly. You really do have to adjust your expectations. Man, there are things I wanted to spoil for you, but know you're going in order. <laughs> There are things I absolutely don't want to ruin. Now I have to wait. (laughs) But I will say that, good God, the original Mechagodzilla design is so, so good. you got to get the toy, right? I'm not saying someone should order it for me and send it to a P.O. box, (laughs) but please message me. (laughs) Message butts at terribleblog.net. We'll see if we can get something going here. Uh, We were thinking about getting a Patreon, but if you guys just want to send us toys. Yeah, that's fine. That's where the money would be going anyway. Yeah. The The plot of this movie is that aliens want to conquer Earth, so they make a giant robot Godzilla and disguise it as regular Godzilla. Hmm. Uh, does that work yep. out for them? You know what? You might be surprised that it does not. Oh. Uh, well, you know. At and least I, we know they're not going to try that again. <laughs> and a character that uh, you'll be speaking of shortly, one Angurus, the Ankylosaurus, gets fucking bodied like halfway into the movie. And it's one Godzilla scene that stuck out to me from my childhood because it's so needlessly violent in this silly little kid's monster movie. He straight up gets his jaw ripped apart like in King Kong. Oh, that's the scene that, like, I. how old was I when I watched the movie? My dad got it, like, on VHS. He's like, you're going to watch a classic. And we're like, okay, all right, you know, let's see it. He's like, it's called King Kong. And I think I must have been, like, I must have been, like, 14 like or something. He doesn't talk like that. <laughs> but uh, my, my memory gets a little bit hazy back then. I don't know. I, I think it was, like, 14 or something like that. I was like, okay, let's see it. I'm in the mood for a classic. 
when he fucking rips that dinosaur's jaw apart, I fucking flinched. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. And he does it to poor anger as well. He's making that stupid fucking noise that he makes. Like, I remember seeing it as a kid, and it's just, just these bright, silly costumes, and then just this bright red blood pouring out of his mouth. It's... Ooh, it does not like fit this movie. movie. It does not fit whatsoever. Gee, oh, I can I can just imagine it. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. The last thing I watched, outside of the four Jaws movies I watched, I should have listened to Alex. <laughs> I should have listened to him, but I didn't. I too watched Willow Creek. Nothing happens. That that sounds like a title that I would like make you watch as a bet. You know what? I can check it off the list. <laughs> Squatch Watch continues on. It's incredible how quickly you hate these characters and how it tries so hard to do all the Blair Witch notes, oh, um, interviewing no. the locals, everything oh, like no. that, and none of it works. The ending could be effective if there was any goodwill whatsoever left over, but by then I'm just mad sitting with my arms crossed. I got a lot of cleaning done in my room, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, real bummer. It's, uh, man, it's just... I, I'm, I don't I'm sorry. My, I don't need my main characters just being loaded in irony, like, oh, wow, look how stupid these locals are. Bigfoot, am I right? Okay. Well, at least you're like 25% of the way through all the Bigfoot movies there are, I guess. I was, I was so close to watching the original Boggy Creek. <laughs> but I did not have enough time between then and now, and Willow Creek was 80 minutes. So the choice was made. Well, the legend continues, oh. Parker. Oh my god, that's a top five in Mystery Science episode for me. I'm going to rewatch that one soon. It's so fucking good. That is it for me. Okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go in a, kind of a bizarre sort of order here, uh, but it's I'm, go, I'm going somewhere with this, so just kind of try to trust me with what I'm trying to do here. Um... One of the first things I watched is uh, a 2018 documentary. It's the Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind HBO special. I cried more than I did while watching Won't You Be My Neighbor. Uh, I don't know what your feelings are on Robin Williams, but I think he I think he might have been the funniest man who ever lived. And also, uh, like... Those are not my feelings. I, you know what? That's the thing is, I don't know what movies you've watched from him, but, like, some of his stand-up I've seen is just, he is incredible. It's, he just thinks so quickly. And there are some moments in this uh, special where you're like, oh, my God, he was hysterical. But also, like, you could see he was a really vulnerable individual. And, you know, his life obviously ended in tragedy. But you could also see what a positive effect he had on so many people's lives. And uh, I happen to love this one. And I, the fact that you don't think he was all that funny, I don't know. Uh, I think he got to see, not not some of his movies, because like, he can't just see, oh, he was really funny by watching like Hook or Mrs. Doubtfire. You know? You gotta, I think the stand-up is really where you see just how funny he is. Or like the episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? How about we just watch the scene of Death of Smoochie? Okay, yeah. Penis okay, we could do that too. <laughs> That's a good scene. <laughs> yeah. Then I watched a 1953 black and white movie called Beat the Devil. Oh, fucking damn it. Uh, this movie is a waste of time. Um, it was uh, partially written, I think, by Truman Capote. 
to his shame, uh, there is almost nothing to recommend about this movie. It's got fucking uh, Humphrey Bogart and Peter Lorre. It's supposed to be like a send-up of film noir and everything, and guess what? It's really boring, and there's no reason to watch it. There's like one good quote from Peter Lorre towards the beginning, and that's it. Uh, then I watched, uh, well, I, I might as well say this, A Black and White, Great. 1954, you're just trying to trick foreign me. movie. I'm not falling for it. Called, I know what it is. Called Godzilla, and uh, yeah. Godzilla, based on a true story, is um, mm-hmm. you know actually this is the second time I've seen it, and the first time I saw it, I was like, I I can see why people like, it. I can see why it's influential, but it just doesn't it doesn't really grab me by the doodads and suck me in here. There's I feel like I'm missing something, so I watched it again after a few years. And while I still don't love it, I, I can definitely see that, A, in comparison to other kaiju movies, this is a masterpiece. And you can also see that there is a little bit of pathos to this movie that the other ones sort of lack. Like, the scene where all the people are singing in that church, that is just so tragic. It also has a very different attitude from the other kaiju movies. The other kaiju movies are, at times, almost just like, oh, look at this action on screen. This is just about, like, it's a really very bleak outlook, isn't it? You know? Like, not just like, oh, all these people and buildings are being destroyed is also look at this we've killed one of god's creations and the guy uh, the hero of the movie ends up killing himself because he doesn't want his uh his work of destruction to be used for anything else it's almost an anti-science movie you can kind of feel like they hate albert einstein through this movie because it's the scientist who invents a death machine that they end up hating um parker upon watching it repeatedly i have uh found a similarity to another movie now, see if you can put together the connection here. It's a little movie. came out in, I believe, 2016. Um, now, they're both Japanese. Uh, they both have uh, wanton destruction. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both feature a central government trying to solve a problem. And they both feature Godzilla. And the movie mm-hmm. I'm comparing it to is Shin Godzilla. I think they're really uh, kind of similar movies. And I don't know if that's intentional, but you could probably tell that the creators of Shin Godzilla saw Godzilla at one point or another. You know what? That's a daring leap you've made. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, it's kind of out there. Anyway, I've, I've downloaded a lot of kaiju movies. I mean, acquired legally uh, a bunch of kaiju movies, and I was like, I'm going to watch these in order, in their original Japanese, because I have that kind of time. And uh, I, But the way I'm going to set it up, because I still like my classics, is I'm going to watch a kaiju movie from a certain year, and then a classic movie, from uh, a critically acclaimed classic movie from that year. And then I'll just so do like every other. two classic movies. Basically. It's basically saying, what was Japan doing in 1954? And what was everyone else in the world doing in 1954? So Japan actually ends up winning 1954 because the next one I watched is a movie that's just called Suddenly. Uh, I'm reminded of that scene in the Mr. Bean movie where they're singing uh, Yesterday, and uh, Bean's just going, suddenly. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I, I like that movie. It's stuck in my head even though I've only seen it once. Suddenly is actually the name of a town. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, Frank Sinatra is actually really good in this movie. Uh, he plays the villain, and uh, no one else is any good. Sterling Hayden is just straight up, like, blatantly not trying. Uh, the movie is kind of sexist, which, big surprise, but uh, suddenly it's okay. It's just, I have to admit, Godzilla is a better movie. Then I watched a, a kaiju movie, uh, 1955's Smiles of a Summer Night by Ingmar Bergman, a Swedish movie that's a romantic Wait, comedy. goddamn second. And... <laughs> 
Now, you might be wondering, how is this a kaiju movie? Because there are no giant monsters, there's nothing gets destroyed and anything like that, and there's a bunch of people smiling. It's be... Oh, wait, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh, okay, it's not actually a kaiju movie. Um, Smiles of a Summer Night is supposed to be a romantic comedy. I didn't laugh once. Um, Shocking. I, I didn't get it. I, I actually like Ingmar Bergman. I think he's a really good director, but this one... I, I think I missed. I liked something. it better when he was the attorney at law. I, I completely missed what the uh, what the joke was in this movie. Uh, it was it was all right, and you know the girls are pretty, but uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, more importantly, I watched 1955's Godzilla raids again. Okay, it's a bad movie. We can agree yeah, on that, this, but that this is one that I forget about constantly. It's not that bad. It's not like bottom of the barrel, you know, completely worthless. There's a reason to why it was made and stuff like that. Although I'm immediately questioning. At the end of Godzilla, we see Godzilla's skeleton. That thing is dead as fuck, and he comes back. So I don't. I, I think they maybe explained it really quickly. I was playing Zelda. I wasn't paying attention. So uh, Godzilla is back, and he has to battle a giant ankylosaur uh, because that's all they could think of, I guess. The editing's really bad. Um, they show a bunch of explosions over and over and over again. You're like. What's wrong with that? I love explosions. Yeah, but it's just like a little, like, kid's volcano being exploded over and over again. There's, like, nothing going on here. You don't actually see the monster get exploded. But there are two things that really stood out to me that were, like, really, like, this is worth not writing down, but, like, mentioning. Uh, besides, like, the drama. It's like, I like the fact that there is a human drama going on over here. That's like, this is a reason to care about what's going on in the movie. Uh, the two things that came to mind is, first of all, the fight between Godzilla and uh, Anguirus? I guess, Anguirus, I guess. Um, do you remember their actual physical fight scenes and what was unique about it? It's been a very, okay. very long time it's, since I've seen it. It's uh, This was something that it actually stood out to me because it really creeped me out. They were originally supposed to be in slow motion because it's like, oh, two, the director was like, oh, two giants fighting, it'll be in giant slow-mo. Instead, the guy who was filming it accidentally, like, undercranked it or something like that. So the film footage showed up way too fast. They're wrestling around, like, and it looks way too fast, way too, I don't know, skittish. And it makes the whole fight scene look actually really creepy. It's, like, actually kind of disturbing to see. It's like, what, what is going on? Something is, like, very subtly off about the way that they're fighting. And they decide, yeah, we'll leave it in there. It looks better that way. I don't know if it's better, but it is, like... I don't know if it's scary, but it is kind of like kind of creepy the way it looks. And the other one is there's this famous shot where they couldn't, I don't know, like the model wasn't ready or something like that. So they just have Godzilla just standing still while a plane passes overhead. I could just, <laughs> that's so like my good. favorite shot. It's just, he's just, <laughs> just sitting there. That is literally the one thing I remember about that I movie. think that's the one thing everyone remembers about that movie. Just I need to revisit it. It's just, it's just so unremarkable because like even yes. the other really bad ones, have interesting monsters or weird things going on like but it's just it's just there it's the follow-up to what ended up being this hugely important movie and it's just kind of there yeah it just exists it's it's not a good follow-up and it's also one of the ones where like oh geez maybe i was not kind enough to godzilla so next it's time for a classic now i watched a Parajito, which is an indian movie it's oh, a second fuck. in the apu trilogy which i've now seen every movie in those movies are good because they stand on their own 
the first one was uh, Pather Panchali, which I wasn't really a big fan of. It's just about is he hey, fucking with me. No, it's 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 like it really sucks to be poor in 1920s India. Understand. Like no kidding. Uh, the other one was, I don't remember, it was a poor Sansar, which uh, comes after this one where he goes to college and he meets a woman and falls in love with her. That's another one that's really tragic, but uh, it's a good movie. This one is, uh, this one's interesting because I have to admit, I'm watching it and I'm just like, oh jeez, this is supposed to be a classic. The first half of the movie, I, I'm barely able to pay attention because it's sort of a continuation of the first. I'm just like, I'm not really interested in what's going on. But then the kid goes to school. And suddenly the movie really starts to pick up. The, the music is by Ravi Shankar, and it actually sounds really good. And I'm having a good time with this movie. And it gets to the part where, uh, might as well say it, his mother dies. Great. Another one of those. I keep picking these fucking movies. Don't you love escapism? Yeah. I just, yeah, jeez. You kind of <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> I love to escape my awful life with monster movies and also the crushing reality that is my life. Yeah. Anyway, the movie actually handles it in a pretty interesting way. And I'm not going to give that away, but I got to tell you, this, this is a really, really, really good movie. And if the first half wasn't so, like, distractingly irrelevant, then I think I would have been even kinder to it. But this is a good movie. Then, because I'm an actual kaiju fan, unlike you, a pretender, a surface fan, All right. I watched 1956 Rodan, The Flying Monster. Uh, the only reason I even know what Rodan is because I watched the Animaniacs episode where it's, uh, you know, Jack of the Beanstalk, and uh, they're doing basically like green eggs and ham with him, and uh, would you eat it uh, something something with Godzilla and Rodan? And I just remember, I was like six years old, I looked at my dad, what's Rodan? <laughs> and, he was just, and he was laughing too hard to answer me. I've uh, waited so many years, son. <laughs> So, uh, now I know what Rodan is. Rodan is basically a pterodactyl, and uh, he, she, it, is, uh, it can fly at supersonic speed, so it's pretty tough, and apparently there were, or are two of them, and apparently this one's going to come oh, yeah, back at some right. point. It takes forever oh, for yeah. this motherfucker to show up, because the first part of the movie is this really annoying noise that turns out it's like a bunch of giant ants or something like that who are just killing everyone. And uh, this one's all right. This is the first kaiju movie in color, and uh, or at least the first one I saw in color. And it looks good. Uh, the color is actually a really nice addition to it. It's, it's better than the bleakness of the uh, black and white. But this is where it really starts to get into the, oh, look at that sort of thing, where they're just all like, look at these great special effects. This cardboard box department store just got destroyed by this wind machine. So... Uh, Room for I'm sure the next several movies I watch are going to be very good. Look, there's some ups and downs. <laughs> Once I get to the uh, the next series of these movies, I'm sure it'll be great. Next up is actually going to be The Mysterians and uh, An Affair to Remember, which I'm sure will go great. <laughs> Basically packaged on the Jeez. same DVD. Uh, anyway, I also... I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I went to the Alamo Trapped House today. Trapped House has never let me down. And I watched... Lady Street Fighter. First of all, I don't know what year this movie came out because I got like three different release dates here. I think it was filmed in the 70s, released in 81, but on uh, I Check Movies it says 1985. <sighs> Lady Street Fighter fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, I know there's a lot of like, oh, it's a sexploitation movie. It's not, although there's so many titties in this movie. I don't need to see all of that. I understand women have certain appendages. 
All right? I get it. You don't need to keep showing me this shit. It's really poorly filmed. It's really poorly written. And the the lead actress, whose name escapes me, and she's the only reason that this was shown. Like, they've shown bad movies at Alamo all the time. They showed Ninja Terminator. It was a bad movie. We had a good time with it. This movie, they showed it straight. They'd be like, you know, it's very important, you know, women in film. It's like, no, 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 no. You want to show women in film? Wayne's World. A woman directed it. It was really good. Or, or, like, fucking just show Wonder Woman again. That's fine. You don't need to pretend that women's movies were really, really good in 1972 or whenever this came out. Because the woman who did this was, like, what was it? Margaret Harmon or something like that? She sounds like a cross between, like... Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me think about this one. She sounds like a cross between E.T. and Officer Bar Brady. Like, <laughs> she is completely unintelligible, and she's still dubbed over. She couldn't just get any amateur voice actress to just dub over her voice and make her sound American. She just sounds completely incompetent. I, I have no idea. It's almost worth watching just to hear her voice and be like, oh, you're really going with that? It's like, seriously, 25% of her lines, you're just like, I might have understood five words. The other 75%, you got to understand nothing. Uh, so the fact that she wrote this, her writing into this, is just like, oh, this is unbelievable. It's really bad. Um, now, there's two scenes that actually made me laugh. Uh, one of them in, I think, the second act, maybe the first. This movie is not about acts. This movie, things happen. She goes from place to place, and things keep on happening. Uh, it, it has that old chestnut about, like, there's a car chase, and the uh, bad guy's car flips down the mountainside, and he's covered in gasoline. He says, I'm covered in gasoline! I can't feel my legs! I'm covered in gasoline! I can't feel my legs! Eight times! I counted! He's really basically the boiling acid guy. And, uh, and we're like, okay, I know what the setup is here. She flicks the match. She tosses it on him. It, it sends the car and the guy up in flames as he says, no, don't do that. And <laughs> as he dies, you see a camera zoom in on a gloved flaming hand that, that raises up and gives her the finger. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bunch of titties for a while and they're just like oh this is you know really bad I, I don't even know what the it movie's trying to good. tell me I, I don't know what it's supposed to tell me is it, is it just supposed to be like strip joints exist you're like I know I feel really uncomfortable for my server who keeps coming in here who just has to be like you know be there on the screen while this stuff happens you know uh, and then the ending. The ending was, uh, as I'm getting there, just constantly checking my watch, just being like, oh, am I almost out of here? Come on. Uh, finally, at the ending, she gets handcuffed because she's under arrest because some, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. And then uh, there's a car explosion. Cut back to her. She's somehow, in the span of, she's put the, uh, the handcuffs on the two other guys, and she's driven away in a car. It's impossible. It's just bad editing. It's not even supposed to be like, oh, she's like a ninja. No, no, no. It's just fucking worthless. Chun-Li wasn't even in this movie. So Bet she wish she stayed home and watched more Godzilla movies, huh? But I, I, but I wish I'd stayed home and watched a Street Fighter animated movie. Which I heard Chun-Li takes a shower scene in that, so I guess the Tekken movie ripped that off. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> the innovator known as the Tekken movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about that for the for the site. Do you remember that? I still cherish the moment when I showed you what that, that thing existed. Just as I, I think you just showed me the gif of Heihachi biting the tomahawk. It takes a lot of talent to convey sheer existential dread through a text message. But you did it. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I watched the whole thing. Incredibly unhappy. <laughs> it was a dark time in my life. 
Uh, I think it's constantly a dark time in my life. He fought that raptor. <laughs> he, he, he punched those dinosaurs to death on the island. Oh jeez. Fuck! I want to watch that again. Oh, there. That's Make actually that's actually worth watching. All that butt rock it's... in that movie. <laughs> That stabbing westward song playing as he jumps out of a building. That's a good movie. I'm gonna write that down. They fucking sexualized June Kazama. Of all the people to sexualize, <laughs> might as well have done to Ganru. Oh, could you imagine though? Oh jeez. You know that's the thing is I actually have like with all this free time here, I'm thinking about like what if I don't coach wrestling nice. this year because I, I don't feel like driving 35 miles to get back to just to coach the little kids who don't even listen to me. I'm thinking about what if I take some adult taekwondo classes here or something, you know? Hell yeah. Because, like, I'm, in, I'm into physical combat, and there's no adult wrestling leagues anymore because wrestling looks gay, Chris. It's a noble sport. Jesus wrestled. He was old Jerusalem in the... He was probably, like, 103 pounds. He was a little hey skinny man, rail. Jesus didn't tap. Ex- hell no. I mean... That's uh, a real uh, clothing cup. Heaven no. Cindy some links. But, uh... <laughs> But I was like, yeah, Taekwondo, I've, I've never done it. It's apparently Korean or something, so uh, I'll, I'll get into it. And all I know is I just know that my very first day in class, I'm going to dress up like Horong, and I'm going to say hi-ya with every single move until I get kicked out. I mean, did I take Taekwondo my entire childhood and was Horong my favorite character because of it? Yeah. <laughs> did I mention that just because I knew you'd say that? Yes. <laughs> all right. Third degree black belt, comma. In the posting wars. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Um, I studied the Nunchaku and Twitter. <laughs> Black belt and posting. All right. My large adult karate son. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to talk about Jaws? Absolutely. Okay. Now, it, like you said, it does feel unfair to have Nary and Alex on this episode because uh, the male Alex saw Jaws. I think he saw it at the Senator uh, in Baltimore, which is a classic movie theater over there. Uh, girl Alex has mentioned it before. She says, I got to get down there. And uh, yeah, like he said, Jaws, I mean, what a classic. That is a movie that really just defines the word classic. Anyone can sit down and watch this movie and appreciate it today. Even though it came out in 1975, it still holds up today. Like, I have nothing new to add to the conversation of how fucking good Jaws is. But I just want to say, no matter how many times it gets parodied or reshown, the reveal of the we're going to need a bigger boat with Jaws coming out of the water in the background is incredible. No, like it will never, ever, ever get old. I think my favorite thing about that is Roy Scheider improvised that line. What a great improvisation! But you can tell he was a little too proud of himself because once he gets outside of the boat, he repeats the line. <laughs> Did you guys hear, Stephen? Don't cut it. <laughs> if I say it twice, I'll have to keep one of them. Exactly. <laughs> Instead, he kept both. Now, there's two <laughs> things I think I can add about this, and it's going to be a bit of a springboard for you. I want to see how you feel about it. Uh, first of all, I wanted to see, can we acknowledge this is a horror movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This qualifies as a horror movie. Arguably a monster movie, but it could be as much of a slasher for all I know. Um, now, this uh, is, there's two things about this being a horror movie. One, this is a horror movie set almost entirely during the day. And you don't see that very often, do you? No, because... I mean, first of all, the monsters never look good in the daylight. No, that's a good point, yeah. 
well, the other thing here is that, like, you have to do it because it's, like, during the beach and everything like that. And uh, the movie has, uh, other movies will use the dark. It's almost like a cheat. It's like, oh, things are scarier when it's dark. I was like, yeah, no kidding. This movie has the guts. It's like we're going to play it during the day. But uh, the thing I really like about this is that it isn't just a horror movie and a thriller, fine, whatever. I like. We don't the, use that word yeah. <laughs> on this show. Unless we're talking about Mission Impossible, right? So, what you were saying. (laughs) This is uh, also, I'd like to call it, an adventure movie. And I feel very uh, seriously about that. That's the way I feel about Aguirre the Wrath of God is an adventure movie, even though it ends poorly. This is when they... Lighthearted Rob through the... Yeah. the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. See, a group of multiracial and multi-background <laughs> friends come together for a fun trip through the forest. <laughs> yeah. So this this movie is like, it's not really divided into acts as far as I'm concerned. This is a first half and second half movie. And the first half is determining we have a shark problem, and the second part is we are going to do something about the shark problem. And they get on a boat with the, with this guy Robert Shaw. It, it feels like we're going on an adventure to kill this beast, and I like the way that they play it, and I think it works out really well. You do not often see a horror adventure movie. It'd be like a bunch of people going to seek out Godzilla to go and kill him. It never seems to work out that way. I'm trying to think of some. I think you're right. I'm sure if I dug really deep, I could find some examples of, hey... I guess Boggy Creek, let's, too. Let's all hop in my pickup and let's go find the monster. But uh, off the top of my head, yeah. yeah. It's typically the other way around. Monster finds you in Soviet Russia. Um, one of the other things that I like to think about this movie is... This is another one where it's complete hell to make. Like, nothing was going right. The shark never worked. Got a million cooks in the kitchen for the script, and the script didn't even match the book. And I think the the original author wanted his name taken off it because it just was completely different from how he wanted. And there's a lot of scientific inaccuracies in the movie, and yet everything seems to come together. And apparently, Robert Shaw was just completely soused throughout the entire thing. But like I said, everything seems to work really well together. You know, the 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 acting is top notch. And it, the uh, the place where they film it, it feels like a real place. This feels like one of the beaches I would have gone to if I had lived in the mid-70s. Uh, everything about this feels so real. And it's like, it's, some of it is stock Spielberg. I think, like, the mayor who cares more about uh, profit <laughs> generated is just like, that's eh, a Spielbergian character right there. He, maybe he was in the book, but feels kind of Spielbergy. But uh, the other thing that the movie does is it goes beyond. You can't just have action on the movie and expect to be a classic. You have to connect with humanity in some capacity. And there's two scenes where they do it, and they do it really well. The first one is when the mother, who lost a son, slaps Roy Scheider on the face, saying that he knew. Now, he may not be responsible, but either way, he's going to hold himself responsible. And that gives you a sense of humanity to the movie. And I really like that scene, even though I felt really bad for him. The other scene that I really, really like is uh, that, that showed the movie to be not just, this is good and we know what we're doing, but this is great and we're geniuses. It's the scene where there's a fake guy uh, with a fake like um, uh, shark fin on his back, and he's going around and everyone's scared, and you don't hear the music, and thus you know that there is no shark around. 
That is the movie saying, not only can I build a card castle, I can build two on top of each other. I can, I can, now I've got all my toys and let me show you how I play with them. And now I'm just playing with the audience here, just playing with their expectations. It just goes to show what a talented filmmaker uh, Steven Spielberg was, and then he made Ready Player One. Yeah, that's actually what I want to say is like, we talk a lot of shit about Steven Spielberg. Other Alex especially, I yeah. think he said so much as Steven Spielberg's name on a project doesn't mean anything to him anymore, and I, I pretty strongly agree. I think I have to agree. Yeah. Well, it's just the air jerk off motion when I see his name. Mm-hmm. Just because he gets a producer credit doesn't mean the movie's not going to be balls. Yeah, but remember when he was on top? Oh man, when I was like three years old. What a ride, you know. <laughs> but as much shit as I talk, it's only fair. God damn it, this movie is so fucking good. Like, between this and revisiting Jurassic Park, like, look, maybe people are onto something with this <laughs> old Steven Spielberg guy. I mean, you got this, you got that, you got Animaniacs. Like, what can't he do besides Ready Player One and The Lost World and Amistad? And E.T. So, uh. And The Post. <laughs> The fucking If you post. assign me the post, I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself. I'm done. <laughs> You're getting war horse. All right, so. <laughs> God damn it. Well, that's a really good impression of my dad. <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we can admit, Jaws, still a classic. I heard a couple people say, yeah, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. And I was just like, really, Jaws? And I was like, now, now that I rewatch it, it's like, if you say Jaws is your favorite movie of all time, how am I going to argue? You know? I like, don't agree. But I ain't mad at you. I, yeah, it's like, hell, this it's is like a when people say The Exorcist is their favorite horror movie. It's like I don't agree. This but makes you surface. I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you you're wrong. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to tell you Alien or Exorcist is a bad movie. Yeah, same with Jaws. Like, yeah, I, Jaws is a classic. Jaws is uh, definitely a classic, and it's like maybe you grew up with it. Uh, I will say this: it's like it is one of those rare movies where it's rewatchable even though there's a bunch of uh, heavy stuff that goes down. Like, think about uh, another one of Spielberg's pictures, Schindler's List. Uh, Schindler's List is a great movie. Who watches that for fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, that's not one of the ones where you buy the Blu-ray. Well, got the Field family around. Time for our 27th viewing of <laughs> Schindler's List. Hey, it's the scene where a Nazi shoots a Jew in the head. Uh, I, I don't think... Pause the movie. I don't want to miss the post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a scene where Oscar Schindler is sobbing over the people he could have saved. It's a scene where everyone is visiting the grave sites. And then Samuel Jackson's like, I'm also putting a list together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea 3. Anyway. <laughs> he got turned to a shark person. Anyway. Um, yeah, th- this is one where I could watch Jaws over and over again for fun because it, the body count's not stupendously high, you know? Which, that is going to be... A recurring theme in this episode. Yeah, unfortunately. So let's move on to Jaws 2. Uh, a movie I will not be rewatching. I would. Well, here's the thing, though. Okay, so we'll start off. The movie starts off with Jaws killing someone, as or in the past it just kills something. Uh, and okay, yeah, that's how we typically start off. And if you want your sequel to like really grab me, you got to do a little bit better than that. I'm like, okay, this is a Jaws movie. 
And then there's a scene where he goes in and it's like that, what it was like the orchestra is going around or whatever. He's late to a meeting or something like that. He meets his wife who looks like Max von Sydow. And, uh, <laughs> doesn't she? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so uncalled <laughs> She looks even more like it in John's Revenge. Uh, anyway, the camera, the, the camera does a pretty good work over here, although you can pretty much tell this is not Steven Spielberg who just straight up said, yeah, I'm not doing a sequel. Fuck you. And, uh, Roy Scheider clearly doesn't want to be here. And you're like, okay, this, this has potential. Let's see where it goes. And then we get that kill. The one I texted you about, Parker. <laughs> now, if I may, I know it was your birthday, but as a gift to me, can I describe this? So, Please. So there's this woman. You've been waiting all week for this. <laughs> there's this woman on a boat. Just a little dinghy out there. It's like the little boat from that uh, Penny and the Goodfellas. Like, what do you want from me? She's just sitting out there with, I don't know, just her, herself, and God's oars. And she's like, oh, shit, there's a shark. What am I going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up this big-ass canister of gasoline over my head, and I'll throw it at the shark. Ah, damn, this thing is so heavy, and I picked it up so that the spigot is just getting gasoline all over me and the boat. I'm screaming more, and, well, at least it's getting lighter because there's gasoline getting everywhere. I can't throw the thing. Ah, I just dropped it because he rammed the boat. Ah, damn. Well, what should I do? Huh? Running out of options here. I don't have a gun on me. Don't have a harpoon. Can't say smile, you son of a bitch. I know, I'll use a flare gun to shoot the shark. That'll take care of him. The shark rams the boat, she shoots the flare, and her boat explodes. Shark is fine. The shark, I think the shark was sentient and engineered this explosion on this woman. A fish exploded this woman. I laughed. So fucking hard. It was easily the hardest I laughed at anything the entire week. Oh, yeah. It was like, because I was texting you. No, I was in the group chat yeah. typing out, did she just shoot a flare gun? And then I stopped <laughs> because she exploded in the middle of the ocean. Like, this is about 20 minutes in, and it was a real concern of, like, I have not written anything down. Nothing yeah, is happening. I, I was the same way. Is this movie going to be what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Spoilers. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. By all downhill, I mean the rest of two, three, and four. <laughs> yes. Nothing will match the heights of her dozen or something gasoline <laughs> and shooting a flare at the boat. So, two things. One, that scene alone, I'm completely serious, that scene alone is enough to recommend the entire movie. Although, yeah, you can just turn it off after that scene. Please, go ahead, download the movie in HD and watch it just for this scene. Alright? Because that is the hardest I've ever laughed at a horror movie kill. Now, you are a horror movie aficionado. You've seen a few more than I have. So, you know a lot more about funny horror movie kills. I'm sure there are plenty out there. But I think this one kind of takes the cake, alright? I don't think this was supposed to be funny, which makes it hysterical. I don't care if it was. I was laughing so hard. Um, okay, so there's only one other scene in the movie that I actually thought was really good because I think drama-wise, this movie does a pretty good job. It doesn't Is scare it when you. The woman goes, "Sharks don't take things personally." Yeah, I actually wrote that down, and I was just like, "Oh, when you get to the fourth movie." 
which might actually be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. Um, <laughs> Fourth movie. Yeah. Rules. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think it's actually the scene where Roy Scheider actually pulls out his gun and starts shooting at the ocean. <laughs> so good. Which uh, actually is, which sounds ridiculous on its face and in fact does not look very dignified. But it's, it's very much like the first movie in that it's using a theme here. The theme is paranoia. Now it's creeping into his own life. People are starting to doubt him. If a more competent director like, I don't know, let's throw out a random name there, Jeevan Gielberg had directed this, then maybe it would have been a whole lot better. Maybe it would have been a little bit more tastefully done. But now it turns out the shark is back. Or a shark maybe is back. It must be a different if shark. If we didn't see a shark in the very first scene, any of this would have any impact whatsoever. Are you we telling me that woman would have just doused herself in gasoline then shot off a flare and exploded <laughs> herself without the aid of a shark? I don't know if that takes away from that scene or adds to it, but let's see Let's see the anti-shark cut. <laughs> <laughs> Remake Jaws 2. <laughs> without Jaws. <laughs> oh, Jaws without Jaws? Is that like Garfield shark without Justice Garfield? Warriors <laughs> ruining my Jaws <laughs> He's fucking SJWs. <laughs> All right. Joss two asks a lot of important questions, like, can sharks telepathically communicate when they're in trouble, so other sharks come to their aid for revenge? Are we sure that Aquaman wasn't involved here? I'm not saying I'm not willing to rule out any Jaws movies as being part of the DCEU. Yeah, <laughs> Jaws three and four definitely feel like DCEU movies. <laughs> Jaws two just. It's the same movie. It's, it's the exact. It's the same movie, but okay. worse. Here's the thing. So it's like, all right, it's the sequel. You want to get bigger and better? No, it's one shark, and I'm pretty sure it's the exact same animatronic that didn't work the first time. Yeah, how do you not at least have two right sharks? Now. How do you not have two sharks? What are we doing? It's the same movie, except there's a bunch of shitty teenagers, and none of them die. That fucking girl who spends the entire third act crying. Oh, I wanted to shut the movie off so badly. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I hate oh, it. she was awful. We get a, we get a boiling acid guy in all, almost every single week, don't we? Uh, anyway, <laughs> then he electrocutes also, the shark. That was neat. How did the mayor get reelected in this movie? That is a great I need question to know. Like Roy Scheider is already the most patient man in the world. In the first movie, where he goes to the hospital, he's like, "Come with me, come with me." I was just like, "Oh, he's going to get him. He's going to get him. He's going to put him in a fucking headlock and sign the paper." You should be knocking his teeth out. I mean, that, that, I mean that that mayor is one of the most detestable characters in movie history, and he gets reelected. I don't. It's like the Kennedys. I mean, he just he just comes back in this movie. He's like, "Nah, there's no sharks." <laughs> he keeps saying <laughs> that. And when he said, "Yeah, oh, come on, it was just a boating accident," I was just like, "What the fuck?" You remember the last time you said something like that? Also, this movie is almost two hours long. That, what the, are you doing? I come on, this keeps happening. Dude. I don't know what's going on. These movies, these fucking sequels, two and three especially, just a solid hour and 20 minutes of fucking nothing happening. Yeah. Let's look at the beach. There are people on the beach. We're going to the lagoon. I don't want to hear the word lagoon anymore. I assumed, for some reason, because I'd never seen these, I just assumed that after the first Jaws, they just leaned into it and basically made them slashers in the water. Yeah, basically. Nope, cause uh, if Jaws two was R rated, we'd be having a different conversation. But it's not. Yeah. So there's just a whole bunch of teens that you get in a slasher movie, except none of them get slashed. 
the other the other thing I gotta say here before we move on is everyone knows the Jaws theme. It's two notes. Uh, it's perhaps one of the most famous themes in history. I don't know what's more famous, this or the Star Wars theme. But uh, in the second movie, I guess John Williams is just like, no, that's not enough. We need more bullshit. So the movie will go like what are you guys doing? It has nothing to do with anything. So it's bizarre that they're doing this in this movie. And it only gets worse in the next two. So Jaws 3 aka Jaws 3D which believe it or not they're actually showing at uh, Elmo Draft House on Wednesday. What? I take me. I can't go. I'm working. I'm, I'm broken hearted here. I, the last note I wrote was this movie is absolute dog shit but I would sit through it just to see that shark explode in 3D. <laughs> it looked like an itchy and scratchy cartoon. <laughs> so I would give anything. By the way, the title, The Nerve to Use Roman Numerals on this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how fucking dare you. Yeah, you know, The Godfather, <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is very clearly shot in 3D, and it's one of those things where there's a couple like, Look, it's in 3D. It reminds me very much of like uh, Spy Kids 3D, where there are a couple <laughs> scenes where it's like, this movie is not going to work unless you watch it in 3D. There's going to be a lot of really stupid shit going on. It's like, A, the credits being like, look, 3D. And like the fish head at the beginning, like, uh, it's floating towards you. You can almost reach out and touch it, except you can't. Uh, there, there seems like that throughout the entire movie. It's like really shameful and embarrassing. Um, this is one of the ones where the studio mandated it and even though it looks terrible the original intention was like why don't we just use it for depth motherfucker this is Jaws 3 <laughs> let's make a short movie which really just what? who the fuck I hope they were fired immediately I, I bet they were saying like as they were writing it well it as the so bard says the like fucking what, you're making Jaws 3 now Parker sidebar question here have you ever been to SeaWorld uh, many, many, many years ago. I've never been there, so you know more about it than I do. Does SeaWorld hate itself? I would imagine so. I, I think they have <laughs> to. So they obviously entered into a partnership here. Uh, there, I mean, there's more advertisements for this than there were in Mac and Me. And I, I have to question, why did they sign on to do this? And why did they keep filming once they realized that they turned SeaWorld into a death trap? Who wants <laughs> to visit SeaWorld after seeing this? Come visit SeaWorld, where it's run by money-grubbing shady people who get everyone murdered. It's It looks like fucking horrible to go there. It's It, it, it doesn't look like uh, something that should be funded at all. Now, there's a bunch of controversies. People are going to be listening, and I can, I can already hear the emails coming into butts at terribleblog.net, which I haven't checked in a couple months. And it's just going to be like, well, actually, SeaWorld is really abusive to animals and for the environment. Dude, I do not fucking care. Do you think I fucking care about this earth or the people who live on it? We we don't even deserve the good stuff that we have. So no, I don't care. I care about Jaws 3, shit that matters. So uh, Jaws apparently, uh, it's it's another shark. It's a different shark or something. Who knows? Uh, and it's come back to haunt uh, young Dennis Quaid, son of Roy Scheider, That's my fucking <laughs> surprise. He looks like Dennis Wilson, the drummer for the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's such a you reference. Look, 
Anyway, uh, apparently this <laughs> shark is like the fastest shark in history. Uh, well, second one. We'll get to Jaws of Revenge. Uh, this shark can fly at fucking super or swim at supersonic speeds. Like it's chasing around those people on the jet ski. It's just like and it does something to the gates at the beginning. There are people who are sealing coral. Uh, Parker, I put it to you uh, thus, and you can see whether you agree. The story of this movie is fucking balls. Uh, you're not going to get a disagreement from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you think I was going to say, oh, actually, I really like watching the jet skis and, you know, all the people in SeaWorld doing their choreographed routines for the first hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Uh, like, this movie gets really campy and fun and dumb in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. It pretends to be a real movie for at least an hour, and I don't appreciate it. Yeah, I don't I don't know who they think they are, but they haven't earned this. So, you don't see Deep Blue Sea taking this long to get a shark in captivity. Exactly. That's all I'm fucking saying. Yeah. They brought the goods, and they brought them quickly. They keep talking about, oh, we brought a great white into this tank, but he didn't swim, so he died or something. I don't care about that shark. That shark have a name? I don't know. How does the shark look worse in every consecutive movie? That's a good point. Like, that's, you're here for the shark. Like, even in fucking Friday the 13th Part 9, at least <laughs> the effects look good. Like, that's the one thing they focus on. You're here to see a shark in 3D, and it looks like absolute dog shit. So, the movie's really bad. The story is awful. The acting is awful. The only person in this movie who knows how to act is Dennis Quaid. And he's like 20 or something in this movie. He's already out acting everyone else. Even Simon McCorkendale is just straight up not even trying. Uh, Simon McCorkendale was in Manimal. And there's a scene where he becomes a shark and they play the Jaws theme. I don't know. Why do you know that? You don't want to know. Anyway, uh, there's there's also the music is somehow worse. Uh, They have no idea what they're doing. The physics don't make any sense. And uh, the entire thing has... Perhaps the worst effects I've seen in a in any movie, and I've started watching <laughs> kaiju so movies. Good. Now it's not just the 3D, which looks awful, but when they're in that yellow submarine and it turns and it just like starts to disappear, because they just straight up said, "Yeah, I don't care." Or the scene at the <laughs> end where Jaws is swimming towards the submarine or swimming towards, I guess like their underwater base or whatever, and Dennis Quaid yells out, "Shark!" and the thing <laughs> runs and hits the glass and explodes and Jaws just stops moving because <laughs> you know Incredible. sharks just stop moving every once in a while they just sit there inert because they can survive that <laughs> when it comes to Jaws 2 and 3 for Jaws 2 watch her blow up the, <laughs> the fucking boat Jaws 3 just watch like the last two scenes yeah the climax is gets worth it. real dumb and then watch the very end shot with the freeze frame of the dolphins jumping up in the air. <laughs> like it's any 80s movie ever made. It's incredible. I, I didn't know this movie was basically a Save the Dolphins uh, PSA. At the yeah, end, they, they, they escaped the killer shark that was killing everyone in, uh, in uh, SeaWorld. And they're like, Mike, what about the dolphins? What about the fucking dolphins? And... Uh, <laughs> Then it gets only a little bit better because uh, there's a scene where they first escape that underwater uh, sunken ship or whatever, and they escape by grabbing onto the fucking dolphin with, like, the fin or whatever. They show that footage over and over again. They keep repeating that footage. It's fucking annoying. Yeah, it turns out not a good movie. Yeah. The best reveal, though, 
is when they get the shark in captivity, and then it dies immediately. Then <laughs> <laughs> we get to what? Or Lou Gossett Jr., the owner of SeaWorld, just screaming about how there's not a mommy shark out there. <laughs> and then five seconds later, the mommy shark is in there and it kills it. Dude, you keep saying mommy shark, I'm going to have to keep going do-do-do-do-do after it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're sitting down. We took time out of our busy schedules... The loves of our lives were shunted to the side as we sat down and popped in the old DVD for Jaws 4, The Revenge. Mamma mia! Folks, this fucking movie. Now I would watch Jaws 4, but for two or three spoilers. I, I think I might too. Uh, there are a couple reasons why. Um, Jaws 4 has better acting uh, than either one of them because they are people who want to be in this movie. They don't care how it turns out. But they want to be here. Uh, Max von Sydow is back as Roy Scheider's wife. Um, Leave her alone. I shunned. Uh, she she came out of retirement to do this fucking movie. To do this? I shit you not. I shit you not. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Mike. I almost said Michael Caine. Michael Caine is in this, and uh, he's he's fucking. Um, he plays Hoagie. Sounds like a fucking Day of the Tentacle character. And he flies a plane. <laughs> and uh, the only reason he's in this, he said after the movie, people were, people were kind of like uh, jabbing at him. They were just like, hey man, uh, it was up with Jaws 4 The Revenge. He's like, I have not seen that movie, but I did see the house it built, and it was lovely. He only took it for the money. And the only reason he took it initially is he got the script. He's like, Jaws 4 The Revenge. What was this? He was like, uh, opening shot, Bahamas. He's like, I'm in. And the kid's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know where the rest of the movie is, but I've always wanted to shoot a movie in the Bahamas. I can't wait to edit this and find out how bad my impression is. <laughs> it's really good. Don't worry. <laughs> Great. Um, so that's the only reason he's even in this movie, although you can tell all the plane scenes, he's very clearly not flying anything. Um, so uh, he's in this, and he's actually one of the better parts of the movie because he's just fun to watch and everything he does. Next one side is good too. Um, I don't know who plays uh, Mike Brody in this, or who's the other Brody? Josh Brody. Uh, no, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> I had to do that. Um, I, anyway, uh, the sons are in this, and uh, one of the sons gets eaten by a shark. Oh, you know the hero of the last movie, I guess. I'm pretty sure they're trying to do that. I wrote down, Jesus Christ, is this our main character? <laughs> and then, oh, never mind. Because he was annoying the piss out of me. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. He was and then great. five seconds later, he died brutally. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. He got his arm bitten off while wearing a little yellow raincoat, like the kid from It. Oh, really gee, oh that. that. Oh, man. Oh, so <laughs> It, a callback to Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that it's called Jaws the Revenge, because it's another in a long line of horror sequels, where after the third movie, they get really embarrassed that they're still making them, so they stop numbering them. That'll happen a whole lot if you look at franchises. We gotta talk about this fucking subtitle. It's so good. The idea. Parker. Parker. Parker, are you sitting down? Oh, Parker. always. Universal does not respect me. For them to Correct. make this movie and to intimate that 
Jaws or a shark wants to take revenge because in the other movies we've had this kind of understanding that look you can call the shark Jaws it's just the way that the idiot public will just you know have an easier way to say it no it's a different shark in every movie it's not the same shark coming back all right that's impossible this shark apparently is the same shark from every movie and it keeps <laughs> coming back so awesome that doesn't make a lick of sense Jason already. It is. That's exactly what they're it doing. It has exploded three different times. And it just it just respawns. It's back in the uh, in the spawn room. It's getting all the shotguns, everything, saying, "Yep, gotta go after the Brody clan again." <laughs> and anyway, it kills him. And Max von Sydow is really upset, being like, "Oh, uh, he killed your father." <laughs> you stop. <laughs> By the way, the nerve to have the only mention of that great character. Be an eight by ten framed on the wall in the sheriff's office, <laughs> and then for her to insinuate he died of a heart attack from fear of a shark he faced twenty years ago. It's it is the most ludicrous thing. He murdered it. He murdered it twice, and to insinuate that he just lived in constant terror until his heart gave out. Like like, what are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me that while he was up there on that boat, fires a harpoon and goes, "Smile, I got shot up a bitch." 20 years passes, and in the other time, he killed another shark. Oh, not a big deal. 20 years passes, he's just sitting there reading a newspaper, and then suddenly he thinks, oh my god, that was really dangerous, and just kills over and dies. Like, no, that's, the, the, come on. He's not, that guy's afraid? Roy Scheider's afraid? No. Okay, yeah, he got a little bit pissed scared and fired his gun off into the ocean. That was kind of weird. But uh, I don't think this man is a kind who dies from fear. He dies of a heart attack. I can understand why. Also, he didn't want to be in any of the sequels anymore. Can he blame the guy? Anyway, Lorraine, if you want me to use her real name. Or Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I was getting kind of mean there. Uh, Lorraine uh, is upset because, oh, my son got killed by the shark and uh, my husband died of fear from the shark. They have not had great experiences with sharks in this family. Now... Why do they still live to fucking Amity? That's a, I would have moved 15 years ago. And indeed, uh, one of the other Brodies has moved, and we'll get to that in a second. Now, to an extent, I can understand her grief. She just lost, you know, an important member of her family, and this is not easy for her. And, you know, she's not thinking clearly, so she's she just doesn't want anyone to ever go in the water again, and she hates Charlotte and all this other <laughs> stuff. I can understand that. If only the movie would just try to play on this note. But no, they go in a completely different key, Parker. So they're like, okay, let's take Parker's advice. They heard you in 1987. They get on a plane. They fly to, what, the Caribbean or something? I don't know. And they meet up with a black guy. They go into the water. And uh, wouldn't you fucking know it? The same shark. Just it's swims out. Skip, skip. It's my turn, skip. It's my turn, skip. <laughs> so they fly down to the Bahamas. The shark decides to chase after them because it wants the Brodies. And I'm just thinking to myself, hold up. Hold up. Now, if the movie were smart, and that's a big if, then the movie would never actually uh, acknowledge that that is the same shark. But it does. Repeatedly. Now, the first way that they do it is uh, Lorraine is out and about with Michael Caine on the town at a parade, 
And when the shark <laughs> okay, attacks them, you. she thank just sits so there much. and she freezes. She's just like, oh, spider sense is tingling. There's a shark out there going after my son. The movie implies there is a supernatural connection between the Brodies and sharks. She has the shine. <laughs> she can sense that that shark is about to bury an axe and scabbing brothers. Look, the thing with this movie, I had heard that the whole thing was that she thought that the shark was out to get her family. I thought that was an exaggeration. I thought that'd be like until I turned this I on. I was like, oh, she thinks it. it's a, it's another play on paranoia. The second movie actually did a pretty good job of that. This movie has a ghost shark <laughs> that has survived three explosions following this family from bumfuck Amity <laughs> to the Bahamas in the dead of winter. This is a Christmas movie. <laughs> this movie takes place it really is a Christmas, Christmas movie. Oh my god. This is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. They have a Christmas tree and everything. Freezing ass water falls into the Bahamas to eat more of her kids. <laughs> oh fuck oh jeez I can't believe you. oh this really is a Christmas movie and they have that scene where he gives him that orange shirt which first of all I would wear and he says gee thanks and the guy says in front of that guy's young daughter hey may your sex life be as busy as that shirt thank you my kid is four or five yeah she's five in the movie I know you're five years old yeah thanks great dialogue uh, the other thing about it where you know that that shark came specifically for Brody, and it's not just that woman having an old person episode or something, ah, flying elves are around me. No, no, no. The, the shark goes after Brody specifically and ignores the other people on the boat. It's they call so attention awesome. to this. <laughs> like, this movie is literally about the wife who was in the first movie for eight minutes, probably. Like, not even in the second half of the movie. Her just, like, spending the first act walking around and then just thinking of the word shark and then ugly crying obnoxiously and then falling in love with Michael Caine while her child gets haunted by the specter of a shark. It's... It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, there's a scene where they're all walking around having a great time and then she just turns around and goes... Uh, oh god! Oh yeah. See, that's the thing is the movie doesn't really do emotional transitions well. So you think about the scene where they're at the funeral. She starts laughing like she just remembered a Pee Wee's Playhouse episode, and then she's just out about. Well, we're walking around. Oh, I'm with my child. I should be happy. <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> And then it gets worse because, like, he goes down to the fucking Bahamas, Caribbean, one of those. He's tropical. And uh, he's talking to his Jamaican friend. And the Jamaican friend is oh. chewing him out. First of all, dude, I... a bit of sensitivity. And it just goes like, oh, you come down here, you leave me alone, and it's not fair. And the guy's like, hey. And Jesse being like, I'm sorry your brother died. My you brother can't... just got eaten. This movie has no idea how to do an emotional transition. All right? It has I no idea what it's doing. Fucking hate the Jamaican character so much. Oh, you should. I was so mad when he lived in the end. I, you know, the, the the way I knew immediately that this movie was going to be real bad, he gets lowered down into the shark cage, and the shark is right next to him. And he looks at it, he's like, oh, there's some big fish down here, man. And I'm like, 
No, that's not the Jaws reaction. The Jaws reaction is, shit, 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 get me out of here. And Jaws doesn't even go after him because he's looking for Brody's. Because this Jaws wants Brody's. Oh, it's it's like Michael Myers. He, he's coming back for uh, Linda <laughs> The night Jaws came home. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think they're going to bring that back, too? Can, can they make it's another Jaws movie? time. They can do anything they want. I well, yes, I can. There are no movies anymore. There are only hopes for a cinematic universe. Yeah, it's just they're all remakes and sequels, etc. I'm surprised it's taken this long. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, Josh, you know, Look, if the Meg makes a lot of money, oh, a yeah. thousand percent, there's a Jaws uh, sequel yeah, in the next two that's years. That's definitely a good possibility. It's a soft reboot uh, with a younger Brody. I can't wait for Josh to... I, we should have got him to a guest star in this episode. He's probably never seen a Josh movie. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, He'll just say something anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's Jewish. Anyway, um, so... Uh, <laughs> he's my Jewish friend. It's okay that I say these things. I, I don't know. He's great, though. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to talk more about the character of Hoagie. Um now, Tim Schafer's made a lot of games... Oh, sorry, different hoagie. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's great to watch because you can tell he's really trying to develop... You don't often see a romance between two older men, uh, women and men uh, together. And uh, You all right, buddy? Sorry, I was trying not to make that fucking Max von Sydow joke. It's just she's a dead ringer for him. Uh, anyway... Uh, you don't often see a romance between people who are who are older in movies, and I can understand why. But it's kind of a cute romance they got going on. I kind of I kind of want them to get together. It'd be it'd be kind of sweet, you know. Uh, hey, honey, sorry your dad died. I'm marrying a man named Hoagie. Um, <laughs> this is my friend Hoagie. He flies planes in the Bahamas. We need to talk about the immortal line in this movie. Uh, they ask him, so she, he's like, well, she got into her head that they could kill the shark with whatever. There's a beat of silence. And the, the younger Brody looks at him and says, what do you do when you don't fly planes? I deliver laundry. That's cool. I don't know what that means. He is running drugs over the border. You think so? You think, that's, you think that's actually what's going on here? How do you think he affords his lavish lifestyle? That man's flying cocaine into America. Call that lap, whatever. Uh, yeah, fine. Okay, my cocaine is running cocaine. Um, <laughs> Boo! Oh, come on, everyone. This day. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that there are multiple shark dream sequences? Oh, jeez! How could I forget? Three fake outs of shark attacks. How can you call it a fake out when it occurs in the first act? We know that she's not gonna. She just walks out into the. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> This movie fucking rules. Uh, and th th there's actually... They have the balls to just use a flashback to... Uh, to A, to Roy Scheider. Uh, which, like, come on, just leave the man out of it. He clearly doesn't want to be in this. So he's still probably going to collect a royalty check from this. Oh my god, I forgot. I forgot about the flashback. Now, the one that gets me... Uh is the flashback to nice. her son getting his arm bit off and then killed that she way. She wasn't there. Exactly! Did she, did she feel that in the force? Exactly! <laughs> it's talking about? It's like fucking uh, Space Queen Hillary is able to feel these deaths over here. You weren't there. You don't get to flash back to this. 
We need to Pokemon go back to Amity. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Alright. This movie has so many great moments. Like, there's the big shark attack on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when the shark finally makes itself known. <laughs> that girl is up on a podium, giving a speech into a microphone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sees the shark coming. <laughs> And instead of warning anyone, just leaves the mic. <laughs> she just runs into the water while they get fucking murked. <laughs> the climax of this movie is the mom taking it upon herself to chase the shark down. Yeah, this is very much the old woman is the hero here, uh, I guess. Uh, can we talk about the one of the other ones? Is uh, t- you remember the movie Twister? Oh, buddy. Yeah. Is that its own episode? I, Are we gonna? It's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's prob- probably gonna be an episode. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Twister is one of the things people kept uh, saying as a criticism is that they felt that the uh, tornado roared at one point, and they thought. That oh was my really god! Stupid. Thank you. And thank at you one so point, Jaws's mouth is out of the water. And it fucking roars. They gave it a monster roar. <laughs> Just roar! <laughs> oh my god. It's like right before he dies, too, isn't it? Does he let out this guttural roar? Yeah. I'm assuming he explodes. I honestly don't even remember, but I'm assuming. Yeah, he explodes. Now, that's a problem. Exploding him isn't going to work, alright? Because he keeps coming back. It should be like in uh, Friday the 13th, part 28 or whatever, where they just weighted him down with a stone and he's just stuck at the bottom of Lake whatever. <laughs> and that's the only way that uh, he's... The only way he's going to get free is if lightning happens to strike him somehow. Because I thought that was kind of brilliant. It's like, oh, this motherfucker keeps coming back. What if we just chain him to the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> the mom turns around she's like, I'm not afraid of you. You can't hurt me. And then he just... The shark disappears. <laughs> Oh, jeez. That's actually... <laughs> they should have done that. All right, that's actually good. Well, I mean, the shark could have been a dream this whole movie, let's be honest. Oh, I feel like I dreamed this fucking movie. So between this and Jaws 3, which is the better good-bad movie? Oh, 4, definitely. 4 has to Jaws be. 3, nothing happens for almost at least an hour. I, I thought wrote down specifically Jaws 3 was going to be the better good-bad movie, mostly because the effects are just laughable. Like, I just know when people watch it at the Alamo on Wednesday, they're going to be laughing at the stupid effects and everything like that. Like, this scene where they go in, and it's like the serpent's head and the tongue comes out, and just, okay, careful, careful, don't let the tongue hit the camera. All right, it's in 3D. You can it's see it. It's too little too late. It's, yeah, it's like there's there's really not enough of it, you know? And and like you said, it is too little too late. Like, literally too late. It have, you have to get to, like, the end of the movie. And again, the itchy and scratchy explosion is pretty funny. But Jaws 4 <laughs> The Revenge, part of it actually makes me mad because it's so stupid. Like, the idea that they're actually playing it seriously. Like, no, the shark is going after them in particular. The shark attaches to them like fucking Jacob attached to that baby in Twilight. It's just like, yeah, I've imprinted upon the Brodies. <laughs> I don't know why I said Brodies that. are the shark's fucking horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that this movie has that premise, and it's like, oh, no, no, no. She's not crazy. 
This is actually 100% true, and they play it deadly seriously. Come on. You can't beat that. They're walking around in a like a, a parade. I always said Dia de los Muertos, but that's not what's going on. Uh, and she's <laughs> and they're like laughing and dancing around like, oh, I'd like to buy you an ice cream cone. And she just stops and just fucking Alec Guinness, I felt a great disturbance the force. <laughs> a shark is eating my brother my son's boat. That's the thing, it just munches on the boat, and as they're as it's munching on the boat, they just kinda look at it. They're just like, huh. <laughs> Oh, I'll be damned. Jeez. Oh, the Great White. Uh, huh. What are we going to do about that? Jeez, oh, well, that's where the grant money's going to go, I guess. Do you look in that shark's eyes? That's the shark that killed my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be racist, but all sharks look the same to me. <laughs> well, all, all white sharks look the same to me. Thank you. Yes. That's the not racist. That... I could get hired by the New York Times for that. The fact that this movie plays its premise completely straight is what elevates it. It's Jaws, Deep Blue Sea, Jaws the Revenge. Two, then three, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, is three doesn't really have enough to write. It's, it's just, for much of it, it's just like... I think for a lot of it, you get to the point with three where you're like, why am I watching this? It is so boring. Like, three is just like, oh, you gotta see it just for how bad the effects are. Like, I could watch almost any movie, and I could see bad effects. You can just YouTube that and yeah. you save yourself what felt like an eternity. Yeah. it's And the thing is, it's barely over an hour and a half. It's still... It, it drags. Whereas oh, the fourth movie is a solid hour and a half. There, there are some points that do kind of drag in the fourth movie. Like, I do not care about the Jamaican character. And all the stuff they're doing I, there, I do not care. I was so happy when he died. And then when he popped up in the end for the happy ending, like, Hey, man, everyone's okay. Livid. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely livid. He should have been turned into jerk chicken. <laughs> the movie ends with Michael Caine flying off and just rambling slightly off microphone. I actually kind of like that's that. A credits roll. I, I, I actually, I, do you think that's one of like Michael Caine's, like, do you think that's his stand-up? Is that he just goes into like an open mic and ladies and gentlemen... Movie star, Academy Award nominee, Michael, or maybe Academy Award winner, Cider House Rolls, Michael Cade. Hello, everybody. Let me tell you about the time I was in Burma. And just like, and almost every single movie is just like, in this movie, he does it at least three times. Where he's like, there was a mission I went to. It was in the south of Africa. I will not name the country for legal reasons, but the international community has to, and he just, he just goes on and they walk off screen. He's still talking. And I have a feeling he's lived a fascinating life where he's actually done all this shit. And he's just talking about the time he filmed Zulu and all this other stuff. Uh, good movie, by the way. And, like, I, I, I don't know. I think that's just his thing. He just talks about all these events that he's got. Like, when he was going off in The Dark Knight about uh, Burma, I think that was actually Michael Caine talking. <laughs> and Christian Bale is just like, oh, okay, all right, how am I going to play? All right, all right, let's just roll the punches. This is improv. All right, and where is my and then? <laughs> Do you think he's introduced as Austin Powers' father? <laughs> Do you think he'd get real mad if he did that? What is, we're, well, we're going to get him on the podcast or something. And ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Powers. <laughs> you know, I've been in some real classics. I, you know, that's a movie I try not to talk about too much. I was in Why Inception. Why weren't you there for Austin? <laughs> I haven't actually seen the Cider House Rules. Probably because it's pro-abortion. <laughs> Jesus. 
I wasn't ready for that fire take at 3 a.m. No, I mean, like, I don't think my parents would have let me watch it, you know, Catholicism. Ah, yes. Yeah. It doesn't harbor any of the values your family holds dear, like Van Helsing <laughs> teaming up with Frankenstein's monster. What's wrong with that? Nothing. That was in the Bible. <laughs> so, so um no i'll probably watch cider house rules at some point i don't mind um but uh yeah i, I think we kind of nailed all the shark movies uh now uh ladies and gentlemen do, did we have a bet this week did we uh did i lose something i honestly don't remember i think we were going to about the first preseason game. Oh yeah, I, I oh uh, yeah. Okay, actually, yeah, I did lose a bet. You can assign me a movie. You can. <sighs> so our bet was we texted about this. We didn't put this on the podcast. It was uh, for a preseason. It was the Hall of Fame game. It was uh, Lamar Jackson. We bet over under one point five uh, plays uh, at a position other than quarterback. He did not play a position other than quarterback. I thought it'd be funny as a gimmick. It went south. I ended up losing. Parker, what movie are you going to grant me? Let's, before we assign the movie, let's just <coughs> emphasize that we're friends and that we support each other. Yeah. Hey, we're at the time we watched Food Fight. That was, we were on a break. So, I know you're a fan of animated movies. Oh, God. Right, buddy? Yeah. You consider yourself a fan of children's entertainment. Yeah. And you also appreciate a good song in a movie. Yeah. Chris, I have a song for you from a children's animated movie. It can't be Song of the South. I've already seen it. Ponyo, Ponyo, Ponyo. Oh, come fishy on. in the sea. Tiny little fishy. Who could you really This is a baby movie. <laughs> I don't like any of his movies. I know. I've had this one handpicked for you for many weeks now. Ugh. Fucking hey. pun. And it, Maybe it adds up to it's perfect because it's a shark movie. Maybe you'll appreciate it this time. Yeah, maybe. maybe fuck. Ugh. Okay, yeah. I'm sure this will be really good. I'm sure I will have a lot to say about this. I'm sure it won't be a waste of my <clears> fucking time. I mean, you started this. Do not forget. How could I? That you fired the first shot across the bow. <laughs> and this is entirely on. I am going to give you such a movie. I had I all know. these interesting movies. We were going to watch Dread together. Watch Carl Urban shoot people in the face. We were going to watch a bunch of horror movies. We were going to watch The Duke, But now, you thought it'd be funny to sign food for How <laughs> you were lying this bad. Okay. Have you even seen Ponyo? I walked in when it was on and went, nah. That is uh, that is not the movie for me. <laughs> not the movie for me either. But it's the one for you. Oh. Funny enough. All right. So next week, guys, we're we got a big one coming. We are going to be watching the Meg. Now this is going to be special because I'm going to try to have our very first four-person episode. I'm going to try to have me, Parker, both Alex's on here. Editing it is going to be a bitch. But uh, I think that this is going to be one of the big ones. Because, boy, howdy, am I excited for the Meg. 
I haven't seen any reviews yet. Uh, I could not possibly care. The trailer looks like it knows exactly what it's going to be. So, uh, high hopes for the Meg. If it's not good, you will never hear from me again. <laughs> and also, please reach out if it's not good. Yeah. I will be in a dark place. Now, people, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, inside baseball here. Uh, I, I kind of get proud of my opening and endings, my cold opens and uh, ending songs. This is very easily my favorite ending song that I've ever uh, played here, so I really enjoy this, and I'm probably going to use it next week, too. Me and my friends get no respect What does Scooby-Doo that we neglect? We be putting all our foes in check But me and my friends get no respect So what? Who cares? We're doing it how we like I'm singing it through my mic A special underwater mic Who's gonna say the word? Break the law You know who I'm talking about We're clamming, jelly and bubbles and fist But if 